0: Don't Depend on Daddy is an unfiltered, safe space, empowering young professionals to build independence in their 20s and beyond, whether it be personal, professional, or financial. Regardless of your age, relationship status, or job title, the most consistent person in your life is you. So join me and let's build our independence together. Enjoy. Hello and welcome back to Don't Depend on Daddy, the podcast. My name is Michaela. I am your host and today we are talking about intentional splurging, which I'm excited about. Before we get into all of the juice, we're going to go through our usual stuff. So first things first, housekeeping. As a reminder, you can always use the code PODCAST1 for $10 off the personal finance dashboard, which is my signature financial planning tool. If you would like to take my free financial planning email crash course, go download the financial plan checklist. Again, all of that is free. If you have not ordered Own Your Money, you totally should, and you can also listen to Own Your Money for free if you are listening to this podcast on Spotify Premium. If not, you should just go buy a copy because it's a great book and you'll learn a lot from it. And a new thing to add into my housekeeping is the Break Your Budget Inner Circle, which I started back in January and essentially it is the place for anybody looking for some additional support when it comes to building your budget, accountability, collaboration with other financially focused people who are also working towards their goals. Inside the group, we do live weekly office hours and money reviews, so an hour on every Monday for you to come in, do your money review with me, ask me questions, that kind of stuff, and then every month we do some masterclasses, so at the time you're listening to this, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, yesterday, Tuesday, we had our first guest masterclass all about retirement planning, and next month on March 11th, it's either March 11th or 12th, I'm forgetting in this current moment of my life. I am bringing in a guest from BlackRock, actually, so big investment firm, to teach everybody about investing. So it's $10 a month to join. You can cancel any time. You won't hurt my feelings if you join and decide it's not for you. Um, But so far, everybody who's in there is really enjoying it. We're learning a lot, and it's great to connect and meet with you guys because I feel like so many people send me messages and stuff, but I... It's so hard for me to put names to usernames. So I'm really enjoying meeting everyone, hearing about your goals and all of that and seeing you every single week. So come join the inner circle, come join the master classes, and I hope to see you in there. Anyways, let's move on to the don't depend on daddy moment of the week. So as a reminder, this is an opportunity to share a moment of independence and it can be anything. My goal is to highlight the day-to-day moments where I or you showing up for yourself that generally get overlooked and I do have a survey if you want to submit your don't depend on daddy moment of the week that's linked in the show notes this week I'm sharing one of mine and it's actually a fun one basically last week was valentine's well actually no yesterday at the time I'm recording this was valentine's day and last week I was invited to two different galentine's parties with two newer groups of girls who I like have recently begun to get to know. Um, And so I was a little bit nervous because I was going solo. Like, you know, I had one or two people within each group that I knew, but otherwise it was all new girls And I feel like meeting big groups of girls can be really intimidating. If you are a girl, you know. Not in a way where, like, I was nervous about anybody being mean to me or anything. Everybody was so lovely and nice. But it's just, like, hard to go into a new social group, if that makes sense. Like, again, no negativity there whatsoever. It's just more of a me thing. I'm naturally very introverted and kind of shy. So it was a really good opportunity for me to like push myself out of my comfort zone, make some new friends, expand my horizons and just really get out there, um, which is a big goal of mine and has been a goal of mine. So that is my don't depend on daddy moment of the week. I'm really proud of myself for Pushing myself for going, for being social in a way that, you know, originally was a little bit uncomfortable. And both evenings were so lovely. I met so many new people and so many great girls who, you know, I hope I will be seeing again. Numbers were exchanged. So that's always a good sign. And I had a lovely, lovely time. And I'm like so flattered that I was even invited in the first place. Like that feels really good. And I'm so happy that I went. So here's your reminder to push yourself out of your comfort zone socially. If you are in a position where you're trying to make new friends and you know you want to have different types of friends when the opportunities come up, say yes, even if you're going solo, um, because generally it works out really well. All right, now let's pivot into the episode this week, which is intentional splurging. The theme of my year is buying less but buying better. So my overarching goal of 2024 when it comes to the purchases I'm making whether they be items or experiences is buying less but buying the one that I want and I feel like I've been on such a roller coaster throughout my 20s with my spending where for a few years I struggled a lot with underspending and not letting myself buy things and then when I moved to LA obviously you know the act of moving is expensive but my expenses on a regular basis changed my goals changed And I found that I was beginning to prioritize experiences and like going out to eat, over buying stuff. And then now, as I settle into my late 20s, I'm starting to reevaluate how I want to spend my money again. So it's been sort of, I don't want to say an up and down journey, but just like an ever-evolving journey. And I say this and introduce this episode with this because I want to highlight how normal and okay it is to change and shift your perspective on money. And how sometimes your priorities and the things you want to spend your money on are just going to change. And that's like totally super normal and okay. So I have five things today that I'm going to be talking about. First is my philosophy around spending money and how it's changed during my 20s. Second is the difference between being able to pay for something and actually being able to afford something. Third is how to stop impulse shopping and figure out what's worth it to you. Fourth are going to be my intentional splurges that I've made so far And then fifth are going to be some of your intentional splurges that you've shared with me on Instagram. So I'm really excited about this and let's just get right into it. First things first, we're going to be talking about my philosophy around spending and how it's changed throughout my 20s. So this is kind of going to be, I'm sure, long-winded. But as I mentioned just a moment ago, it's super normal for the way that you spend your money to change throughout your 20s and ultimately throughout your life because your life is constantly changing. So now as I've reached my later 20s and I'm making a little bit more money than I was making in my early 20s and really just sort of coming into myself in a way, I feel a lot more confident splurging on certain things that will upgrade myself. So like my appearance, how I feel internally and externally, my life, so how I am showing up in aspects of my life outside of me and like my home. And then also my home. So currently my apartment, and then hopefully in the future, a home that I own in one way or another, but that's a different podcast episode. In my early 20s, I always just took the cheapest route available when it came to buying things in every aspect. So when it came to apartments, I was living in tiny, crappy apartments. I had lots of roommates. I had terrible roommates too at certain points. Not all of my roommates were terrible, but a few of them were. And I didn't wanna spend a single dollar more than I actually absolutely needed to. So I would very, very rarely take an Uber. I was super rigid about my groceries. I walked everywhere um, because I didn't wanna have to pay for a train pass. And I was buying really cheap clothes and home items because I didn't feel like I needed anything nicer. Like I was doing the bare minimum. I stopped coloring my hair and I look back at pictures and I'm like, oh my God, my hair looked so bad. I'd go to supercuts for my haircut, which not a bad thing, but it wasn't, I wasn't doing things to really take care of my external appearance. And I didn't really realize at the time, like how big of an impact that would have on my self image, if that makes sense. And then during the pandemic, so kind of fast forwarding a few years, I was living at home so obviously I was able to save a lot more because I wasn't paying rent. I, wasn't, I didn't really have any expenses um, when I was living at home, at least in the same way that I did when I was living on my own in an apartment. And this is where a shift sort of began. Like I began to almost grant myself the freedom to buy new things, but I was working towards saving up to buy a condo. So I was still really, really rigid, but I was getting a little bit better. About allowing myself to have like a few splurges here or there like buy myself new clothes that kind of stuff. I also it was during this time of living at home that I started to film myself a lot more with break your budget so I was doing the side hustle reels were starting again or were starting for the first time on Instagram. TikTok was becoming a thing and through the act of filming myself which if you've ever started to create content one way or another like it's kind of traumatizing at the beginning to like see yourself and perceive yourself from various angles. But I started to notice the way that I looked in a little bit of a different way and began, you know, thinking about spending a little bit more in that area to just like be happier with the way that I was showing up on camera. And I don't say this to be like, oh, you need to go out and spend all of your money on vapid stuff because that's not what I was doing. But, you know, I was 24, 25, 26, so, like, kind of going through that weird mid-20s transitional period, which I feel like is almost like a second puberty in a way, where you're out of college, you're no longer in this post-grad era. I feel like once you hit 25, you're just an adult at that point, and you're almost rediscovering who you are in a way, and... I wanted to feel good about the way that I looked. I wanted to start dating again when I moved out to LA. And I wanted to just like feel better about myself. And at that point in time, I wasn't feeling that way. So that was another trigger for me to be like, oh, like I should probably start investing in my appearance in a way. And this has also been a long, ever going process for me. And then again, we're gonna fast forward a little bit more. Once I moved to LA, I was 26 when I moved to LA. I recently had turned 26. So still mid-20s, but beginning to move into, you know, my later 20s, which now I would say I'm 28, so I'm definitely in my later 20s. But my expenses were increasing a lot because of the cost of living compared to living at home. But I had spent so much time cutting back at this point between not letting myself buy like clothes and not really spending a lot of money on my appearance and not living in a city that I was... At a point where I was ready to enjoy my life and be happy with who I was, I was also making some more money because I was working my full-time job and doing Break Your Budget. So I had you know, my full-time job to sort of support my regular expenses and then Break Your Budget was all going, all that money was going into my savings and investments. And I began spending a little bit more money on travel. I was spending more money on going out to eat. I was spending a fair amount of money on clothes and, you know, again, trying to figure out my personal style and the way that I looked and what I felt good in. And so I would say this was sort of like a pendulum swing from one end of the spending spectrum to like not spending any money on anything to the other end of the spending spectrum where I was like, oh my gosh, I'm making so much more money than I'm used to. And I'm living in this city and everybody here looks so good. And like, I wanna be enjoying my life after this period of time being at home and I want to feel good and I want to look good and I just like didn't really know how to navigate that in hindsight and now fast forward to I would say like about a year ago I would say my perspective on spending has changed yet again I've moved into my own apartment and I'm living alone and this is where I've really noticed my spending habits start to change in a different way so obviously at this point like I'm investing a little bit more into my living space via higher rent And making my apartment feel like home. So like furniture, decor, that kind of stuff. Getting nice cookware, appliances. To really enjoy being in my living space. Because I do spend a lot of time here. And as a result of that, I've spent less money on going out to eat. Less money on travel. I wouldn't say a significantly amount on travel. But like my socialization spending has gone down a lot. And I've started to really value more of like the at-home self-care products, I'm using clothes, I'm wearing kind of vibe. And my perspective, I guess, is like beginning to upgrade those things obviously comes at the sacrifice of spending money somewhere else. And that is something that I would have never really done before because I used to like only buy the least expensive products, the least expensive clothes, because I wanted more, more, more for the same amount of money, if that makes sense, where now I'm kind of like that shifting a bit, which I'll get into. So really, a very long-winded way to say that as I have gotten older, I am just prioritizing different things, and those shifts have happened throughout my 20s. I'm prioritizing my money Now, on my home life, the products I use, how I feel in my own space, I'm spending less money on going out and eating out and drinking, whereas in my early 20s, I was spending way more money on being social and spent less money on my home and products and clothes. And so that's how my spending has shifted throughout my 20s as context and backstory here. Sometimes when I buy something now expensive, like I just made, (laughs) I'll talk about this, but I just kind of splurged on a couple of sweaters from Jenny Kane and they were expensive they were on sale but they were expensive and I'm like oh my god I just spent all this money on this one or two singular items and then I remind myself that like there are people my age who have kids or they spend a hundred thousand dollars on a wedding or something and I'm like okay I'm not doing that so it's okay for me to treat myself here or there maybe I will one day but like I don't ever see myself having a big extravagant wedding like that so like i I just don't think that that's how I'll use my money. So I don't know. I It's a way for me to almost, I don't want to say justify expenses, but put my spending into context of like the phase of life I'm in relative to other people, which I think is a very natural thing for you to do. It's normal to compare. It's just, you have to be cognizant of not comparing to like the detriment of yourself, if that makes sense. So I know that sounds kind of twisted, but I just remind myself of the life stage I'm in and that's helped a lot when it comes to repairing the way that I spend or repairing my relationship with the way that I spend my money. So that is my current spending theory, thoughts, background, context. That's kind of got me down this rabbit hole lately of just sort of slowly upgrading my life, buying nicer items, but buying less quantity and focusing on the quality of everything. So that's my current spending status. Background, I guess too, of how I've gotten here and really the story of why I'm currently in this phase of like slowly upgrading, buying nice things, buying the one that I want is really because I'm just tired of cheaping out on things. And I don't feel like cheaping out on things has served a positive purpose for me in my life, if that makes sense. So I'd rather just like have less, but have nicer things. So now let's move on to the next, I guess, segment of this episode, which is the difference between being able to pay for something and affording for something because I feel like it, I would be remiss to not talk about the importance of ensuring that any splurge or series of splurges is done within the scope of affordability. So I am going to talk about a handful of expensive things later on that I've purchased, all you know, throughout the span of, I would say about a year. And all of these things have been done, not only with intention, but within the context of my financial situation. So there's a big difference between being able to pay for something and being able to actually afford something. And I wanna be clear that any splurge you make at any point in your life should be something that you can afford, not just pay for. So there's a difference there. Paying for something means that you have the money for it. Like the cash is physically in your account. Affording something means that you have put the purchase or the splurge or the decision, whatever it is, into the context of your financial situation in your life and it will not otherwise impact your quality of life or your ability to reach your goals. So I think this is best explained with an example, which I'm gonna use for like moving into a different apartment. I saw a TikTok a while ago and I actually made a video on this of a young woman who was talking about how she got a new job And after she got that job, she upgraded her apartment to live in one of those nice buildings with amenities that I think we see everywhere. You know, those buildings that has a pool, it has a gym, it has a concierge, whatever. And she explained how she now literally cannot do anything else anymore because all of her money every month goes to rent. And this is a classic example of being able to pay for something, but not being able to truly afford it. So I don't know, you know, the story of her life or anything, but my guess is she got this new job. She realized, okay, I'm making X amount of money each month. I can actually make this rent payment. And so I'm going to go live in this nice apartment, which it's totally normal to want to upgrade your life when you get a new job. It's just, you have to do so with intention. So at this point, like she makes enough money to make her rent, but she can't afford life anymore beyond that because she didn't make the decision With context. She didn't look at her spending. She didn't look at her goals or anything else. She didn't look at how the change in that one expense would impact her ability to do other things. She only looked at the ability to make that payment. And, you know, when it comes to choosing an apartment and getting approved for an apartment, the apartment management, landlord, whoever doesn't care (laughs) if you can afford to do anything else besides pay rent. Like, they're just looking at your income in the context of them collecting their check. So, it's really up to you to do that analysis almost on like, does this rent payment make sense for me and my life? And that applies to any major purchase. So, it could be, I mean, getting an apartment is more of an ongoing financial decision. Like, that is a lifestyle change. But even if you're making a splurge, like going on a big trip or, you know, buying a really expensive bag or something, you have to look at, The outflow of that money and the impact it will have on the other things you're doing. You need the context. And I think this really highlights the importance of having a working budget so you can see the impact of the decisions you make. This is why I really like using the personal finance dashboard annual spending plan tab. Not to like, I mean, I am plugging my product, but I don't mean to do it in a way of like go buy it, although you should use the code podcast one. But the reason why I like that aspect and why I've built it in this specific way of being able to see the monthly and the annual view is because anytime I make a big decision I like to plug it into the dashboard to see the impact that it has on the other aspects of my budget because it's basically just one giant calculator that you can sort of customize to your situation and so Like for example, when I moved into my apartment, I looked at, okay, my rent is gonna go up $1,000 a month compared to when I was living with a roommate. So what impact does that have and how am I going to make this work? Am I going to focus on increasing my income? Are there other expenses that I can cut to help make up a little bit of the difference? And that was a really big part of the decision-making process for me. And it's also been part of the decision-making process for all of the Purchases and splurges that I've made. Like I'm looking at them in the context of my spending on a monthly basis, my spending on an annual basis, my total spending by the category that I'm spending my money on. So, having a really clear working budget and understanding of how you spend your money normally and the impact that a purchase will make with the context is key when deciding if you can just pay for something or afford something because you don't want to make a splurge or a life change like moving apartments or something without ensuring that it's an affordable thing for you to do because otherwise that's why people feel icky when they spend a lot of money on something like you have to know if it makes sense for you. So, I'll move on from this. The next section here that we're going to go into is how to stop impulse shopping and figure out what is worth it to you, which I feel like I explained in the first part of this has been an ongoing process for me and it's also something that changes all the time. So moving on from this topic of affordability, I want to talk about figuring out your values and priorities so you can understand what is worth it to splurge on and what isn't. So I'm not someone who really ever struggled with impulse shopping Um, which I think is something that now we see more with social media because I have found that with social media and TikTok and such, like I'm just so much more aware of products and things I could have. And it's becoming a lot harder to not give into the impulse shopping. Whereas in my early twenties, I feel like it was a lot easier for me to avoid buying stuff because it wasn't being thrown in my face all the time in the same way that it is now. But whenever I feel like I wanna go buy something or I'm feeling influenced by a product or something on TikTok, I have a list on my phone and I call it my impulse list. Having this list serves a few key purposes. First being that it removes a layer between me and the purchase. So if I see something that I want, I just add it to the list. And if I'm still really thinking about it a few days later, then it becomes something that I'll consider buying or factoring into my budget now or into the future. Second, it helps me curate a list of things that I'm actually interested in, which is a good way to begin to see where you're currently prioritizing your purchases. So lately for me, I've been really into investing in high quality clothes, which I'll talk about a bit more, you know, as we kind of get through this, as well as accessories and jewelries because I want to elevate my style. I feel like I've mentioned that before. It's kind of an ongoing process that doesn't really stop, but it is a priority for me this year. I have my eye on like a few belts that I'd like to add to my wardrobe, but I haven't bit the bullet on them quite yet. And they're just living on this list for when I'm ready. So noticing a pattern in what you're adding to the list is really helpful in beginning to look at how you want to spend your money. So begin curating this list. You know, you see yourself being influenced by something, add it to the list because not only does that help separate you, but it will also help you figure out, okay, What am I generally gravitating towards right now? And is there a similar pattern? Like again, for example, for me, it's been clothes and accessories, but for you, it could be skincare, it could be trips. I don't know. Think about it. And then beyond just this list, start thinking back at recent purchases you've made or experiences you've had. And they can just be like everyday things like going out for a coffee or going out to eat or going to a bar with your friends. It doesn't have to be anything extravagant or any like big shopping purchases or anything of that sort. But think about which of these things actually makes you feel good and happy when you think about it. Like if you were to think about your spending from the last month, what pops into your mind and how do you immediately feel at that thought? Like if you're thinking about, oh, over the last month, like, I had this really fun, amazing night out with my friends. And maybe that could be a priority for you. Or you think of that and it's like, ugh, I had this really fun night, but it cost me $200. And like, I don't feel like that was worth it. So for example, I've had a few evenings on this topic where I've gone out and I've spent like $50 to $60 on Ubers, maybe $40 to $50 on drinks, unless someone else is buying me one, which is usually the goal. And I'm out late and I feel like crap the next day. And so for me, when I look back at those experiences and the cost of them, it just doesn't feel worth it for me to be spending 100 to $150 to go out to a bar, to go out to dinner and like be drunk. And I'm perfectly fine to go, but on a more regular basis, like I'd rather just commit to I'm not drinking and drive myself and stay for a bit and then go home early. So I can still be social to the degree that I want, but not, you know, A, be spending a ton of money and B, be hungover and wasting my day the next day. And like within the context of my friends, this works. So I think it depends on who your friends are, who you're hanging out with and that kind of stuff. I think it also could be a late twenties thing. Like I'm just kind of over going out a lot, if that makes sense, but I still want to go. Um, this still applies this, or I guess the same sort of thought process for me applies with restaurants too lately like I had a scenario a couple months ago where I went out to eat for pizza and wine and it was $80 for a pizza a glass of wine and splitting a salad each $80 each not $80 total and that just didn't seem worth it to me like we got the bill and I was like huh like what did we order um, and so I've decided that, like I just don't really want to spend my money in that way. If I'm gonna spend eighty dollars on dinner, I'd literally rather invite all my friends over and cook for them and like have a little night in, where, honestly, the food's better. We're not worrying about service. you know nobody has to tip anyone. Like it's just a different experience. And so, again, through these processes of thinking about how I'm spending my money and being reflective, which is something I do literally every week in my weekly money reviews, What I have found is that I want to spend money on what I'm wearing because it's not even the act of going out that I don't enjoy. It's the act of getting dressed because I'm like, I feel like I don't have anything to wear. And I've struggled a lot lately with feeling like the clothes I have look good on me and fit me properly. Like I've built up a capsule wardrobe of all of these basic clothes, which they do fit me. But I'm thinking now about quality and like when I get dressed, do I have things to wear that make me feel my age and make me feel mature and like exude the appearance that I want to have, which is a normal thing to want. Like it's normal to want to look good and to be perceived in a way where other people think you look good. Some people don't care about that, but that is something that I care about currently. And so instead... I'm focusing my money on buying like higher quality staple pieces for my wardrobe to add into my capsule wardrobe while slowly starting to cycle out the clothes that are worn down from so much wear. So like in the instances where I am going out, I have clothes that I actually feel good in that I want to wear. And that I think changes to the whole experience of going out or going out to dinner and stuff. So how you feel about the way you spend your money is really the key indicator, I think, to what you should be focusing on. So pay attention in your life. Pay attention when you swipe your card. Pay attention to how you feel when you're getting dressed, when you're going out to eat, when you're going to the grocery store, whatever. Just pay attention to the way you're feeling in the times where you are spending money or could potentially be spending money and start writing down and recording what you are spending your money on. So you can do this through a weekly money routine, which I talk about all the time. That is not a new concept here. Again, if you need help with this, come join the, B- the Break Your Budget Inner Circle. It's $10 a month. So to join the call cost two bucks, essentially. Come join and learn and learn from other people. Hold yourself accountable. Ask me questions. That is the only modem that exists for direct questions to me. I no longer answer questions over email. I don't answer questions over DM. If you want to talk to me or get my opinion on something, you got to come join the group. But doing this weekly money routine is what is going to draw attention to how you're using your money, what your priorities are. And it's so important to know what you actually like so that you can continue to use your money as a tool to fuel that while then reducing your spend on other things. And you don't have to completely cut stuff out like, I still go out to eat. I still go out to bars and stuff. I still get Ubers when I need to. Like me saying that I'm not spending all of my money on that doesn't mean I'm not doing it at all. It's just not happening as frequently as it used to. It's not happening every week. It's more like one or two times a month, which is totally fine. And I can balance that with my other spending. But I can do that because I've paid attention to what I'm spending my money on. So figuring out my values and priorities has just made it way easier for me to evaluate a spending decision and figure out like what I do like spending money on, what I don't like spending money on, and how to decide if something is worth it. It's that context, right? So putting that decision into the context of my financial situation is what helps me evaluate the affordability of it, if it's worth it to me, and if it's something that I actually want to spend my money on. And this is what can help you with impulse spending and like really changing your spending behavior. It's a long process. It's not like, oh, do these three things and the way you change your money is gonna change between today and tomorrow. It's something that requires a high degree of self-awareness, which is developed over time through consistent habits, practice, reflection. And it, it just takes time. It's taken me years, I feel like, to get to this point. It doesn't need to take years, but it's not an overnight solution. Okay, now we're going to get into the fun part, which are my intentional splurges so far. And I'm going to disclaim this by saying a lot of these are not new. So if you've been listening to the pod for a while, you are going to hear about my coffee machine. Again, I'm not sorry. I friggin love it. But part of intentional splurging is thinking about something from the lens of how frequently you'll use it and what the trade-offs are. And so... These are things that make sense for me in my life. And like some of them have been more expensive than others. But that's another aspect to think about is like cost per use, cost per wear, all that. So first things first is my apartment. So based on the nature of what I do for work, you know, after getting comfortable in LA and just like reaching a point where I was ready for my own space, I have made the decision to move. I made this decision a year ago. It's been almost a year of living alone. So I'll do a whole podcast episode on like things I've learned from living alone. Obviously, moving into my own apartment came at a cost with rent. My rent went up $1,000, so I paid $2,700 to live in a one bedroom. I do feel like it's kind of a steal for the quality of the apartment I'm in, where I live, all that kind of stuff. But it has also like... (laughs) Dramatically improved my quality of life at home because I finally feel like I have a space that's mine and it's made it possible for me to grow into my business. I can create different types of content in here and just stay mentally sane and clear. Whereas in prior apartments, like when I lived in Boston, I had one roommate in my first apartment who was just like a nightmare to live with. Like I felt trapped in my room. And in my second apartment, I had three other roommates. So I also just like felt trapped in my room in the times that I was home. Then I lived at home, which like, I really enjoyed living at home because I didn't have any bills, but like you pay in other ways. And if you lived at home, you know how it is. But very grateful and happy I had the opportunity to do that. And then when I moved into my first apartment in Boston, uh, my roommate, who was one of my closest friends in LA now, like she had a cat, she has a cat. And so I just like didn't really like living with a pet that wasn't mine. Um, And also I didn't really have the opportunity to decorate it in a way that felt good to me and everything. So now having my own apartment in my own space, I just feel like I have a home and like a place where I can be. And I didn't realize that I never felt that way until I lived in my apartment. So that was a very obviously big splurge and ongoing splurge because I pay rent every single month. But I really, really, really feel like it's been super worth it for me. And again, I spend so much time here that it makes sense for me to invest in my living space. Some people too spend way more money on rent, which I mean, again, I think it comes in the context of the city and where you live. But for me, $2,700 in rent feels like a lot. And I, any more than that, like, I really need to reevaluate my living decision. So that's that. Number one, I think the most important. Another intentional splurge I have made was my espresso machine. So my Breville Barista Express has been my favorite purchase of my 20s so far, physical purchase at least, that I can recall outside of like my car. Um, But I really, really love my machine, my espresso machine, because I always told myself, like, throughout my 20s, when I have my own apartment, like, I'm going to have my own little espresso bar. It's going to be so lovely. I'm going to be able to make my coffees the way I like it every day. And that's what I've done, basically. I mean, obviously, like, I could, you know, continue to elaborate on my espresso corner. But really for me, like, I'm a big coffee snob. I've talked about that before. I really value having good coffee, and it's just been something that I've wanted for so long, and I finally let myself have it. Um, I spend the money that it costs to get an espresso, the espresso machine that I wanted. Eventually, I'll upgrade to get something nicer, but for the purpose it serves right now, like I really, really, really love it. I really love the whole routine of making my coffee in the morning. My coffee tastes better. I don't feel the need to go out and buy coffee all the time, and... The ritual of it has just been so lovely. It's had a very positive impact on my mental health in a good way. And it's a little hobby of mine. Like I just, I enjoy it. Another intentional splurge for me in terms of like appliances has been my juicer. So earlier this year, I bought a Hiram juicer. It was expensive. And the irony is like, they reached out to me for like a gifting opportunity after I already bought the freaking juicer so I could have got it for free but I didn't so this is a real honest review I really 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 love it it's self feeding it's small so it's great if you live in an apartment and it's really easy to clean and it's quiet so like I can just put stuff in it turn it on walk away come back my juice is done it's not super loud like I've had juicers in the past I had a Breville juicer in my apartment in Boston and it was huge. It had a ton of pieces and I had to stand there and like feed stuff into it and smush it down with the wand and it was so loud. Where this one is like, it's quiet, I can just chop stuff up, open the lid, put it in and move on. And then for cleaning, it takes like a minute to clean because there's only three pieces. So it's just been a good investment for me in terms of my health and wellness because I've wanted to have a juicer for a while but I didn't want to have one that takes up a lot of space. It was more expensive than the alternative, which would have been a Breville juicer. I think the Breville juicer that I had wanted or had originally was like $200. And the Hiram juicer I bought, I bought it during the holiday, so it was on sale, was like $350 with tax. Um, so, you know, definitely more expensive, but I do feel very much so worth it. And again, it all goes back to that theory that I mentioned is... I'm buying the one that I want and I would rather spend a little bit more money on the one that I want so that it's like serves the purpose instead of saving the hundred dollars and not getting the one that I want like to me it's just more worth it to buy the one that I want period next is my hatch alarm clock so I actually bought this alarm clock before it was what it is I guess on TikTok like I feel like I bought this I've had my hatch for like two years and I originally bought like the version one of it. So the older version, not the esthetic one. And it's expensive. When I bought it, it was $130. I think now the newer upgraded one is $200. So it's expensive. That being said, the one that I bought was part of like a batch, I guess, that was like, I don't know, malfunctioning or something. So one day I got an email and it was like, oh, we're going to send you the upgraded one for free. And like, you can send your other one back. So, okay works for me I got the upgraded one and I love it and even if I like I would feel the same way as if I had bought the upgraded one versus not the way that this alarm clock has gotten me off my phone at night it's totally changed my bedtime routine and my morning routine like I wake up I don't I hate the phone alarm noise. I wake up to the same alarm. I mean, I think after a while, any alarm noise is gonna be like a little bit triggering. I like that they have different options. You don't need to have the subscription to, you know, use the alarm. I think that's a something that deters people is they don't wanna buy the alarm clock because you, they think you need to pay for it monthly. You don't. Um, they have plenty of free options without needing to buy the subscription. But everybody always says like, oh, I'm not spending $200 on an alarm clock. I don't like that because you're not putting, again, the purchase into the context of the frequency that you'll use it. It's like buying a mattress. It's it's a $1,000 to buy a mattress, maybe more, but you're sleeping on it every night. Like with your alarm clock, you're using it every single day, more than once a day. I use it at night and I use it in the morning. So it's like, if I'm using it all of the time, then I think it's worth it. If it's getting me off my phone at night, then I think it's worth it. So... Again, it's a really great example of putting it into the context of the frequency that you'll use it instead of just like what it costs at the beginning or upfront. The next splurge for me is my desk setup. So back around Black Friday, I splurged and I bought a big standing desk and a new chair from FlexiSpot. I bought this for a few reasons. One, I'd been having my eye on it. I did reach out to them to see if they'd give me one for free. They never got back to me. So this is again, a very honest review. But I got the the I got the one that I wanted, um, and it was four hundred dollars for this desk, which I don't think is super expensive for a really nice standing desk. But it felt like a lot to me. I got the big size. I forget the name of it. It's linked in my Instagram highlights if you want it. But I got the one with the drawer. It has the charging point. It's the standing desk. It fits the aesthetic of my apartment. And overall, like I'm so happy with it. I got the upgraded chair. I got the desk mat. Like I got all of the accessories. To make my work from home station the way that I want it to be. And I think that's really important if you are working from home to invest in your work from home station. Because not only do I feel like more productive and happy with my setup. But it looks better in my videos and it fits my apartment. My old desk setup was like, there was nothing wrong with it. But it wasn't, it didn't match the apartment that I live in for one. So like that bothered me because it's in my living room. So I see it every single day. I don't feel like it looked really great in a lot of my videos. And that's an important part of my job. And I just didn't like sitting at it. So I didn't feel productive. I would find, I, would, I found myself working at my couch or working at my kitchen table a lot more. And now that I have this nice desk set up, I feel really good about it. So investing in the spaces that you are going to be Sitting at, using all the time is really key. This applies to like your work from home station if you work from home, but also like your bedroom, your bed. That's gonna be my next big home upgrade is I'm gonna get a new bed, which I'm excited about. Um, But yeah, so that's my next one is my desk setup. The next intentional splurge for me has been my skincare routine. So at some point I am gonna do a whole video on my skincare routine and like how I cleared my skin overall. But I've spent a lot of money on skincare products. Again, I use Paula's Choice. I've said that I think a handful of times, but I talk about them a lot on Instagram. They have not ever sent me anything for free and they have not gifted me anything, which I think is a criminal from them because I've literally talked about them all the time and I've given them so much business because so many people have DM'd me saying they use Paula's Choice because of me. That being said, maybe one day I will get something free from Paula's Choice, um, Anyways, I've spent a lot of money on Polish Choice products, and I've found that they've been the only products that work for my skin, that have cleared my skin up, that don't break me out, and it's been the best money I've ever spent, ever. Beyond that, I also purchased the OmniLux Red Light LED Mask, which, I again, I think I've mentioned this on a prior episode. I have not gone into detail So far, I really, really, really like it. I use it every other night. I I don't think I've been using it long enough to see any real results, but I've been consistent with it every other night. I use it for 10 minutes. It goes off after 10 minutes. And it's supposed to help with like aging, fine lines, wrinkles, acne, texture of your skin. So that's a big investment. Investing in my skin this year is something that I am doing I do think at some point this year, I will be getting some Botox in my forehead and probably in my eye area. Nowhere else, I don't wanna overdo it with that, but I really do wanna invest in my appearance and your face and your skin is a really big part of that. Um, So investing in my skincare routine, investing in high quality products and investing in additional tools like that red light mask to help keep up with the appearance of my skin is something that has been very, very, very worth it to me. And I will continue to buy the products for my skin that work regardless of the price. Um, Obviously, you know, you make concessions here or there, but somebody had actually asked me inside the inner circle, like how I categorize my skincare purchases, because she's like, I buy nice skincare It's technically not essential. Like I could buy it cheaper, but this is what I buy because it works for me. And I said, my skincare is under my essentials. It is something that I will always prioritize. I would rather buy nice skincare than go out to dinner. And so it's under my essentials. It is essential for me because if I'm not spending money on the skincare that works for my face, then I don't like the way that I look and then I'm not leaving my house and that's no way to live. So nice skincare, big, 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 big benefit there to really emphasize that's, I I should have said that first. Also, these are not in any particular order. And then the last more recent purchase that I've made, again, this is one I mentioned earlier, is my Jenny Canes. I have been eyeing this one specific cardigan. It's called the Cooper Cardigan for months, for like six or seven months. And I was always like, I just cannot justify the price. They're very expensive. I'm not even going to say it. You can look it up if you want. I'm not even going to, I I couldn't justify the price. And then I joined their email list for Valentine's Day. They did 20% off. And that was where I was like, okay. Because I've been, this is a good example of being influenced online. But I follow a handful of girls on TikTok who post their outfits every day in like capsule wardrobes. And I'm always like, they look so good. And the reason why they look so good is because they have a few pieces but they're really nice quality pieces. And I feel like most of my wardrobe is from Abercrombie and this is no dig at Abercrombie because they think they have nice stuff at an affordable price. But if you look at the material composition of the clothes, it's not great. Like I've bought a bunch of t-shirts from there that I wear all the time, but I've had to continue to rebuy them every three months because like one of them has a hole in it and I, I haven't even, I got it last summer. So like the clothes are not the highest quality And that's not to say I'm never going to buy from there again, but like I want to be buying or spending my money on the nicer pieces. So all this to say, these girls that I've been following, they all have the same sweater. And every time they wear it, I'm like, I am obsessed with this sweater. It looks good with everything. It looks good on everyone. And the material, it's 70% wool, 30% cashmere. So there's no acrylic. That's another thing with sweaters is... A lot of times sweaters will be like $150, $200 and then you look at the material and it's made out of acrylic, it's made out of rayon and then it's like 2% wool. And with all due respect, like you're paying $200 for plastic. Like that's, that is what, it, it makes no sense. And I've spent, for example, from Oak and Fort, which I like that store, but now that I've learned about fashion and like, again, material composition and quality of stitching and all of that. I looked at my sweaters from Oak and Fort that were expensive. They were like $130, $140 and they're all made out of rayon and acrylic. And I'm like, why did I spend all this money on plastic? Like, It's stupid. I'm not doing that anymore. So I've become very cutthroat and ruthless about new clothes that I'm buying. I'm still gonna wear the ones that I have, obviously. But even those ones that I have, I put on and I'm like, I just don't like the way that this looks on me. I don't feel like it falls the right way. I don't even know why I bought it like so yeah <laughs> a very long winded way of saying material particularly with sweaters but also with shirts and stuff like if it's not 100% cotton I don't want it it needs to be fully the material and there can't be rayon elastine acrylic any of that in any of my clothes that I'm buying going forward because it all looks terrible after you wear it a handful of times it doesn't wash well it doesn't stay well it doesn't last a long time and that is something that I'm starting to notice about again this could be a late 20s thing but that's something I'm starting to notice about the way people dress and I'm hyper focused on it so this isn't again to say that if you wear clothes that aren't of this nature that like you look bad or anything I want to be clear about that but and the people that I see online who always look very well put together, they are wearing clothes that are made of nicer materials and that are more expensive. And that's not to say that you have to go buy tons and tons and tons of super expensive clothes or anything. But for me, going back to this intentional splurge, the Jenny Kane, the sweaters that I bought are made of wool and cashmere. There's no plastic, they're, they're made in smaller batches, they're stitched properly, they fit me properly and they really elevate a look to be honest. So, I'm happy with those purchases. They were expensive, but I mean, that's all the clothes I'm going to be buying probably until the summer because I feel like they fit now with the wardrobe that I had. So, that's another big intentional splurge, and intentional splurges going forward are going to be you know, nicer t-shirts I know people are like, well, why why would I spend, you know, $60 on a white t-shirt? Well, if you're buying a white t-shirt that's made of cotton that you take care of properly and not made of acrylic, like it's going to last you a longer time. And if it fits you properly, it looks different. That's the thing is like the fit of clothes is so important. And I'm trying to learn how to dress for my body type. And just, like I said, buy nicer things. I keep, I feel like I keep saying the same thing over and over again. You get the point. So those are my intentional splurges. And now I'm going to run through your intentional splurges because a few days ago now, I posted a video about this whole theory of like buying the things that I want and buying the one that I want. And so I posted on my Instagram story, box asking you all your intentional splurges and I'm going to read through a bunch of them. I literally got so many. So I will also post these on they don't depend on daddy Instagram. So make sure you go check that out. One was hair body laser. Yes, agree. I So I don't know about laser for me. I don't know if I have like the right hair skin combo. Um, but laser is something that I also would be willing to invest in specifically around like the bikini area because I live, you know, by the beach. Another one, my CrossFit membership and yearly Instacart fee. I love this because A, prioritizing health. B, Instacart fee, like if you hate going grocery shopping, which she said, I hate going grocery shopping, then investing in a subscription to not have to go grocery shopping is worth it. Quality running gear, clothes, shoes, recovery equipment, agree if you're running or doing any sort of specific activity, hiking, camping, whatever, buy the nice gear to make the experience better and to aid in your recovery. Lots of people on here said Botox, so, you know, that's in my future. Upgrading to a queen size bed. Agree. I am 28. I sleep on a full size bed because in my last apartment, I could not fit a queen size bed in my room. And like I said, my next upgrade, honestly, I might get a king bed. Um, But I'm going to be, when I do do that, I will tell you about it. I will be buying a nice mattress and I'm going to be buying the bed frame that I want that I can bring with me to a future home, whether it be in my bedroom or a guest bedroom, Therapy, it's very expensive but helpful for me. Yes, I agree. Investing in therapy, if it's something you need, is worth the money. Monthly facials and upgraded skincare routine. You know how I feel about that. Adding facials into my skincare routine isn't something that I have prioritized, but if you are someone who has done that and you've found it's been helpful, send me a DM because I'm curious to see if it's something I should consider. Massages and facials, another one. Not a must, but I like to treat myself to one or the other one one time a month. I think that's great. Like the monthly self-care is really important. Walking pad for work, agree. Investing in your workspace. Living alone, (laughs) agree. High quality suitcase set for travel. I've had it for eight years now and never once regret it. Agree. Investing in your suitcase and stuff, especially if you travel a lot, is essential. I actually bought my suitcases from Costco Years ago, seven or eight years ago, was my sophomore year of college, and I still use them to this day. Granted, I don't travel all the time. I do fly a lot, but like, I don't feel like I need to buy more suitcases. Um, let me see. Extra leg room on flights. I'm tall with knee problems, and it would, and would be in absolute bits after flying. Agree. That is something, too. I mean, it's not on my list, but that's something, too, that when I fly, I now pay the $50 to sit in the seat that I want, um, because especially if I'm going you know, LA to Boston, if it's a cross country flight, I'm paying that fee. The other thing too, for me is I now will pay more money to be on the airline that I want to be on and choose the time that I want. I will not fly spirit or frontier or any of those bootleg airlines. I would rather spend the hundred dollars and just be on a normal plane. Next is upgrading my gym membership since I actually use it. Agree. I use class pass and it's the best money ever that I spend for my like gym I never used to spend money on going to like Pilates classes and stuff because I told myself it was too expensive. Getting class pass has been the best thing ever. So investing in your gym, investing in your workouts that you enjoy doing is a great thing. Pants that not only make me feel good, but fit properly. Amen, sister. I completely agree. Desk setup, espresso machine, good running shoes and inserts, walking pad, Tempur-Pedic mattress. There's a lot of patterns here, Um, again, it's thinking about things that you use all the time, high quality skincare and clothing, a good desk chair when you work from home, bedding, moving into my own apartment after three roommates for four years, girl, same housekeeping and lawn maintenance, buy back your time. This hundred percent. I don't have a housekeeper or like someone who comes in to clean my apartment just because a, I'm the only one here and B, my apartment's not that big. I do think though that this might be something that I add into my quarterly routine Because I feel like when somebody comes to clean your house professionally, it's just a completely different level of clean than when you do it on your own. Um, So, agree. My parents, too, have someone who comes to do their lawn just because it takes a lot of time. So, when I have a home and a lawn, I will probably have somebody come do that for me. Unless I've got nothing else to do, which is the goal. Fancy coffee machine, good running shoes, Garmin watch, travel credit card. Agree on all of those. My prenup. Period, queen, agree. Good headphones to last, a pair for the gym and physical work and a pair for the office slash focusing. Agree, I think having headphones for different purposes is kind of a good idea. I don't know if it's something I would do, but if that works for you, agree. Healthy groceries, agree. Dog training, more obedient pup equals less stress. Agree. If you have an untrained dog, respectfully, get it away from me. Monthly massages and facials, lots of that. Mattress, lots of those. Nice mattress again. My dogs agree. Like if you want to get a pet, get one. Quality leather boots for winter. Yes. If you live in a cold place, um, having nice like winter gear is important. This is something that I kind of have done over time with my ski gear. I haven't bought new skis, which I have no plans to buy new skis. But I did recently buy new snow pants and I got a nice jacket for Christmas a few years ago. And I think having nice gear for winter months if you live in a cold place is essential. I will die on this hill with you, my apartment, living solo in a location that's worthwhile to me. Agree. I think investing not only in your apartment, in your space, but also like paying the money it costs to live in the city you want to live in, key. I've seen a lot of people struggle with that just because like the price of rent is so expensive. But if the city you're living in isn't giving you what it needs to be giving you, move. I have a whole podcast episode about that. It's called Where You Should Live in Your 20s. Hatch alarm clock, Nespresso machine, silk bed sheets, all of these, I agree. New mattress, another one. Dyson air purifier. Do I need an air purifier? Tell me because I hear mixed things about it. Um, A bedroom that I love retreating to each and every day. Agree, that's on my list of things. I have no sense of interior design though. So I feel like when I do do my bedroom, I'm going to need a little bit of help um mattress again oh my gosh all of these are mattress Dyson vacuum I've seen that a few times I don't have a Dyson I have a shark I really like it my old roommate had a Dyson and like I loved it but I honestly feel like the shark is just as good um skincare Peloton bike sunlight and sauna yes I want to have an at-home sauna <laughs> when I have my home that is something that I'm going to eventually purchase matching paza- pajama sets love that I don't have them though because like who's seeing my pajamas? And if anybody is seeing my pajamas, like, if you're sleeping in my bed, I'm sure you don't care what I'm wearing to sleep, but whatever. Um, A housekeeper, jeans that fit correctly, yes. Clothing basics that fit well. I didn't, I haven't seen this on as much on this submission list as I was expecting. Maybe it's just me, but like, I'm starting to notice clothes a lot more. It could also be just because I live in L.A., Annual spa day at a nice resort. Yes, I did this last year in Palm Springs and it is something I will be doing again. Skims sweats. I, again, I hear lots of mixed reviews on Skims. Every time I've bought something from Skims, I've returned it. So if you have good Skims stuff, send it to me. I'm curious because I see lots of people talk about their t-shirts and stuff. But every time I've gotten one, it's like literally see-through. I don't know. So let me know what you think. Special edition book subscription box. Feels like I have readable art. If that's important to you, go off, girl. I 100% support. My standing desk and gamer chair makes work from home comfortable and productive. Yes, agree. Walking pad. Investing in certifications. Agree. Invest in your education. Pay for the help when you need it. And take the class. Take the course if it's going to help you further your career. KitchenAid stand mixer. Yes, I did get mine as a Christmas gift, so I didn't pay for it. But I would have bought it myself anyways. Um, I love it. It's great for making bread, and I do want to do more, like, cooking in it, and I want to get the pasta attachment. Um, oh, my gosh. So many mattress on here. Somebody said weed. Agree. Um, I'm a big edible gal. I haven't. I don't think I've talked about that on here, but I love an edible. Um, I'm obsessed with my Breville Barista Express, too. Definitely one of my favorite purchases. You know how I feel about that. Laser hair removal. HelloFresh. Oh, my gosh. I don't think I've ever heard of someone who actually buys HelloFresh or the meal prep kits. Um, but good for you flowers. Okay. Interesting. Getting my hair done only for me. And I feel great every time. Agree. I always feel good when I get my hair done. Supplements and vitamins. Cool. I don't take supplements or vitamins. Should I, um, skincare that I actually need today. I ordered a flexi spot desk period. Um, agree. Flexi spot is really great. Sunrise alarm clock standing chair. Okay. Is there anything in here that nobody has said yet or a ring? I thought about getting an aura ring, but I think I'd be too obsessive with it. So I'm not getting it. The Dyson air wrap. I also have this. I also got this for a gift um, for Christmas a few years ago. I like it. I think it makes drying my hair way faster. I don't use the curling attachments though. I just use the brushes. And I do feel like it makes it a lot easier for me to dry my hair and blow it out straight. Um, And I do like it. Do I think it's worth $500? If you use it all the time, yes. Um, cause I do use it every other day. Anytime I wash my hair an expensive gym membership. Okay. I live in the Pacific Northwest and a vacation to Palm Springs this winter was expensive, but necessary. Agree. I think, you know, move. going on vacation to a nice place is generally always worth it. A car that I actually like agree as long as it's within budget, Serena and Lily dressers, real wood matters. Yes. Furniture, real wood furniture. You can tell. I don't have lots of it, um, but it's something that I am actively thinking about. In the list of orders of priority, it's not at the top for me, clothes are, but I will be slowly getting, I have to get a new dresser. I do eventually want to get a new TV stand and definitely real wood makes a big difference. The Eras Tour, I'm not a Swifty. I like her, but you won't catch me paying $1,000 for a concert for anyone. Um, A Foreo, it's a face washing device. Agree, but I don't think you need to spend the amount of money that that costs in order to get the same effect. Um, buying a high quality protein powder. Yes, tell me what it is because I've been doing more protein powder. Skiing. Agree. My elliptical. I think investing in workout gear is cool. I don't like ellipticaling though. My car, Kitchen Aid and attachments, and ski suit. Okay, cool. Those were interesting to see. Lots of patterns. I think everybody's kind of on the same page of like investing in your skincare, investing in your bed, um, investing in your gym, investing in clothes that fit. So very interesting. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It was a little bit longer than I was expecting it to be. And let me know your intentional splurge and check out the Don't Depend on Daddy Instagram. And if you've made it this far, please go leave me a kind review on Apple Podcasts and I'll catch you in the next one.